The Road to Potomania, presented by Opinions and Beer. Tag along in this annual event with Adam and Ed Ray 1416 into the world of pro wrestling. You're listening to Opinions and Beer. Stone Cold Steve Austin knows that the Opinions and Beer podcast exists in this world. And opinions, opinions and beer. Two guys and another guy will never happen again. Hello and welcome to The Road to Potomania, presented by Opinions and Beer. You heard the intro. This isn't this isn't even The Road to Potomania anymore, actually. This is officially Potomania, the finale, the ending. We are going to give our review and thoughts on WrestleMania 37, Nights 1 and 2. Ed Ray, are you excited to give our thoughts on WrestleMania Nights 1 and 2? As excited as it's going to get. Well, unlike last week, we're going to get started with the first thing that we need to talk about. And that is the... Nope. Nope. I'm not going to be selfish. We're going to start things off with a whiner. Because you know why? Because all I seen and heard was whining and complaining during WrestleMania. Ooh, this is boring. Ooh, this is silly. Oh, Shane McMahon, Bob Strowman, no, 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 no. Wine, wine, wine. So you know what that means? It's time to wine in with Ed Ray. All right, well, this is a fresh change of pace right here on the Opinions and Beer Network. And what I'm going to review today is Prophecy Rose de Van France from uh, 2019. This was made in 2019, bottled and whatever have you. And now to read the description. At Prophecy Wines, our inspiration comes from the beauty of the harvest and the possibility of greatness in a glass. Wines are drawn from our premier global vineyard sites, individually selected to bear each of the varietals defining characteristics. And this is imported by Prophecy Wines. That is uh, headquartered in Hillsburg, California, but this was made in France. And if you know... If you know my opinions on France and French wine, French wine's secret ingredient is antifreeze, and it has been for quite a long time. That's why I'm more of a fan of American wine or Italian wine, but I'll give this a shot and see if the French are very honest this time around. So I'm going to go ahead and open this bottle right here, and as you can clearly hear, this was not corked. This is a screwed bottle, and how to pour it. Ooh, pour that pinkish, clearish wine. Yeah, as you can clearly tell, this is a pinkish, clearish wine, and I'll tell you, this is very unique compared to the other wines because I've either had red wine or wine that was made from mixed berries or even white wine, but this is kind of different, so time to smell this thing. It almost smells like antifreeze. (laughs) And now, I know for the moment of truth to see if it actually tastes like antifreeze. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay, so it had no taste in the beginning, but it's got a sweet aftertaste, so it is not antifreeze as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay, so let's see what else I need to uh, clarify. This is 12.5 uh, alcohol, 12.5% alcohol by volume, so that's pretty much it for my review. Now to go to the beer of the day. What was the... Would you rate it? I'm going to wait. 
I think I'm going to rate it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Now it's time for the beer of the day. And today's beer of the day is brought to you by Dogfish Head. This is Campfire Amplified. It comes in at a timid 6.5% alcohol by volume. This is a milk stout brewed with graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows, cocoa powder, and vanilla beans. Woo! Let's see if... I haven't had dogfish head in a while. I haven't had a dogfish head in a minute. So let's go ahead and pour this beer. It pours a nice... You know what's funny? I thought... It was blowing my mind when it's pouring dark. Is only because our last few beers have all been very light colored beers. We haven't had a stout since. Uh, well, we had a we had a brown ale, but we haven't really had a stout stout since uh, the twelve stouts of Christmas. So here we go. Uh, this is a s'mores inspired milk stout, and like we said, it has all these uh, characteristics supposed to be in here. Uh, it's only six percent, so hopefully th- these things pop out. Uh, here we go. We're giving Dogfish Head another shot. Let's try. Wait. Okay. There's a tad bit of s'mores. Tad bit of s'mores flavor. But it's not really there. I wonder if I have COVID again. <laughs> I wonder if I have COVID again. I feel like things don't taste right again. Ah! Either you got COVID again or you're still suffering the after effects of COVID. I might be. Because I'm not... I hope that I'm not... I hope COVID's not the one screwing my review on this. But there's a there's a tiny hint of what the characteristics are supposed to be. It almost tastes like Shiner S'mores, which uh, I think Shiner S'mores was a porter, so this is a milk stout. It's a little thicker than that porter, but this tastes like, this Campfire Amplified by Dogfish Head pretty much tastes like the S'mores beer by Shiner. It's almost exactly the same to me. But maybe it's sat... This might be an older beer, too, so I'm going to let it slide a little bit. It's very drinkable for what it is. Um, it's kind of it's tasty. I feel like I have dry mouth, though, from drinking it. Maybe it's that damn, all that cocoa <laughs> cocoa nibs. Maybe it's the cocoa powder. I don't know. It's like clearing my... It's like making my... It's making me really thirsty for water. Uh, <laughs> this was brewed in... Oh, no, this is brand new. March 2021? Oh, no, I'm not giving you a pass anymore. I, I thought this was just old and on the freaking... I thought this was just sitting somewhere. No, no, no. They sure got you fooled. Okay. There are, s'more, there, there are s'mores characteristics in this beer, but it tastes like Shiner s'mores. Now, when I had Shiner s'mores, I think I gave it a pretty high rating. However, since then... Um, it's just it's just not as special anymore. Doesn't give me that craze. I'm not tasting some of these things. I don't know. It get, it's it's giving a little bit too more too much emphasis on some of the stuff that's supposed to be in here that I'm not tasting fully. The notes are there to a very limited extent. 
Uh, but it's a really tasty brew, despite the fact that it's making me extremely dehydrated, as I guess a beer should. It's like, but it's like, I just don't like, I don't know, I can't explain it. It's like, I want water with this beer. This beer is like almost, it's just, I don't, I can't explain it, Ed Ray. I don't know, I don't know, my my taste buds are just off. I don't know what to do. I need to find a beer that I've had maybe and try it and see if my taste buds are really, really off or just try a beer that's supposed to taste like straight up. Maybe just vanilla or something. I don't know. I don't know what to do, Ed Ray, to fix my damn taste. But I feel, but I'm like self conscious about it. And I don't know if it's me or the beer. That's what makes it so hard. I don't know if it's me, these after effects, or if it's the beers just aren't as good as they should be, as they're advertised. With that being said, I'd buy this again. So. Shit, and I, I was giving shit on it, but yeah, this is an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 beer, because I'd buy it again. I can taste it a little bit. I think I gave Shiner S'mores a 9 when I first had it. I'd probably give that an 8 now, or 7. And uh, to keep it fair, I'm going to give this an 8. Campfire Amplified Dogfish Head, 8 out of 10. Dogfish, dogfish Head, they make a solid, drinkable beer that you can have around a campfire. Thus, campfire amplified. <laughs> but uh, and that's my that's my opinion on that. Moving on. Now it's time to get what you all came here for. WrestleMania 37. You ready for this? Absolutely. We're gonna make our way. Okay, so I made a list of best to worst matches in WrestleMania 37. I combined both nights one and two. Okay, so we're going to start at the bottom, and basically you'll we'll talk about the match, and you'll agree or disagree with me uh, at some point, you know, whatever. You know, I, I don't know if we should get through the whole list, and you, you disagree or agree if the list should change. Let's get through the whole list. Let's get through my list, talk about these matches, and then we'll say what you would change if you agree or disagree with my decisions. Here we go. Starting with the worst. We're going worst to best. The worst match of WrestleMania 37 was the tag team turmoil match that saw Tamina and Natalya win. What are your thoughts on that match? Without a doubt, it was the worst. (laughs) Without a doubt, it was the worst. Oh, God. It was a bathroom break match for me. I feel like... uh, I feel like we got that match instead of a Dolph Ziggler match. They screwed Dolph Ziggler and Rude with this crappy tag team turmoil match. Yeah, they always screwed Dolph Ziggler. It's amazing how he's still in WWE. Because <laughs> he lets them screw him. He wants to be a lifer. That's the problem with these wrestlers. Some of them want to be lifers, but they keep getting screwed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tamina and Natalya winning that match? I think we went with... Did we go with Lana, or you went with someone else? You went with someone. Did you? You went with them, huh? I guess I did. I can't remember. I can't remember who you went with. Uh, we gonna... were both drunk that night. <laughs> Tamina and Natalia. What are your thoughts on them winning? Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, Natalia, she's very good, but her character is unbelievably dry. And Tamina, she is over the hill. Over the hill, Jimmy Fly Snooker. 
<laughs> Anyways, moving on. The second worst match of the night. So there was 14 matches? I guess. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 14 matches. 13. In 13th place, the Women's Tag Team Championship match <laughs> that saw Tamina and Natalia take the loss. You agree? Yeah, it was a waste of a match. <laughs> what what really baffled me was the fact that the crowd was chanting Tamina, <laughs> which you, leads me to believe they whether paid. now uh, they paid for it to happen. Well, the problem is with that with that crowd. I think they were high. <laughs> I think they got high in between matches and then started chanting Tamina. <laughs> they probably got high. And they were. I, I think they were snorting cocaine. <laughs> It, some of these matches went, went way too long. Both the both the women's tag team matches went way too long. They should have. Which is why I considered them bathroom breaks. Yeah, we haven't tag team. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Tamina body slamming uh, the Nia Jax? If she were in her prime, it would have been awesome, but she is past her prime. Damn, past her prime? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on to... Uh, uh, 12. Number 12th place. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. <sighs> it was boring. Yep, that was the I mean, scene. what was the point of having Logan Paul there if he was not going to interfere? To watch or make it. Things... That was a waste of a he celebrity. Had wa- <laughs> he had to watch the match. It was a waste of a celebrity because if you're going to have a celebrity involved in a WrestleMania match... He should interfere at some point down the road to make the finish interesting. He got stone cold stunnered by Kevin Owens, who re- which is still a waste in my <laughs> yeah, opinion. It's a waste. I'm pretty upset that uh, I'm pretty upset they gave Kevin Owens that spot to be able to stun anybody. Well, I hate the fact that Stone Cold gave Kevin Owens his blessing to steal his move. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Pretty messed up. Boring match. Boring feud. I don't like Kevin Owens. A lot of wrestlers like Kevin Owens. Ke- and, and Chris Jericho me, likes Kevin Owens. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had some in, amazing matches in the past, but this was already drawn out. It, it was it already uh, overwhelmed us in terms of what can they do next. I mean, you can't captivate us if you have nothing new to bring to the table. Nothing new to bring, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. All you had was Logan Paul. You did nothing special. 14, 13, 12. Number 11. 11? Yeah, 11, I think. 14, 13, 12. 11. The Fiend versus Randy Orton at number 11. I uh, I liked the creativeness that was displayed, but the match sucked. And the finish was baffling, and the story makes no damn sense. But there were some there were some creative visuals. There was interesting things happening. Alexa Bliss bleeding out her face is like it was kind of like the whole things of what the fuck. That, yeah, that was the first time the crowd started uh, doing the holy s chance. Yeah, yeah, because it was crazy. It was like holy was shit, the, holy it was, shit. It was the only interesting part of the match. Other than that, I felt like I was about to go to sleep. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, the fiend can't wrestle. That's the problem. He's not a good wrestler. Bray Wyatt's not a good wrestler. I don't care. He's just he's just quirky. 
He's a character. That's all he is. He's, he, no he wonder why he stays in WWE, because if he went to independent, he'd be crapped on for his inability to think, wrestle. Do you think he can wrestle? I think he can. Name name a match he wrestled well in. Wasn't uh, Didn't he have one with Cesaro? Who? The Fiend? If not, then he needs to have one with Cesaro. He won't. No. The Fiend. <laughs> Dude. The Fiend. I'm not, I'm saying even Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has not had a good match. He's not. He has not had a good one-on-one match. You think with all that time he had on NXT ten years ago, who do you have a good one-on match? One-on match with? Name a pay-per-view match that he had a really good one-on-one match with. Daniel Bryan. <sighs> At pay-per-view or was that Raw? I think it was a pay-per-view. The cage match. I think it was a one-on-one singles regular match. I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but I think it was in 2014. I bet you Brian did all the work. Maybe he did, maybe he <laughs> didn't. But it was still a good match. Fine. You get this one point, but that's it. He had a bad match with Taker, bad match with uh, uh, John Cena. He has bad match with just about everybody. Yeah, he needs to learn to work. Um... He doesn't know how to wrestle. He all he wants to do is wear a fucking mask and be creepy. He's all he's all gimmick. Even all even gimmick. man even mankind worked. Uh, next up I have what is that, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. Number ten, the New Day versus AJ and Omos. Well, it wasn't the match itself wasn't that bad, but the problem was the psychology. Yeah. Because how? Because they kept AJ in there for way too long. Yeah, of course, the, the New Day was—they were acting like heels. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if they really—if they really wanted to make the match good, they should have let almost in there, and then they should have attacked the knees or the legs of almost to try to get him to lose his balance, so they could do high spots. No, but they wanted almost to be the new giant that can't be chopped down. So, did, no, I, I, I get the I get their use of Omos. I think they used. I think I think the whole beginning was just way too long. This match was I, I, this match was a little too long, and then the new day looked like heels. They were they were keeping the they were keeping them away from Omos. They were just beating up AJ Styles. They're like the only good part of the match was when Omos finally came in and destroyed the new yeah, day. Yeah, that on was his own. exactly. Maybe. <laughs> I would, and I would, the crowd was in the almost too, believe it or not. This match might have been better had it been a squash match. I'll be honest. They, if almost if Omos started and he squashed everybody, AJ, AJ Styles still did his big uh, move, and then maybe AJ Styles gets the pin. <laughs> I hope someday we get to see Almost versus Braun Strowman. Oh my goodness! Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> um. Next up, we have number nine, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. This was depressing to watch. I know, because this is a um, it's a pretty high-level match uh, that ultimately disappointed. I mean, the work rate was good, but the psychology was a little off, and it's because Rhea Ripley lacks psychology. That's, a, that's the problem with a lot of these NXT folks. They're good at work rate, and they may be good at working the crowd once in a while, with their flips and dives, but when they get to the main roster, they're lacking one thing. They're lacking psychology. Lacking psychology, you NXT rookies. The only reason why 
people like Asuka and Bailey, Charlotte, and uh, Sasha Banks have psychology is because they were all on independent and they got over on independent. Mm -hmm. And they spent a whole lot of time on independent developing psychology. I mean, most of these wrestlers today in WWE have had no experience in independent whatsoever. So they don't have the opportunity to develop psychology when they're in NXT. And NXT, all they're doing is doing their work or flipping and diving and that's it. Damn. And that's what killed Rhea Ripley because she had no experience in independent in Australia prior to going to WWE. And that is the reason why she don't have psychology. Now compare that to Asuka. She has plenty of psychology that she crafted in Japan and in independent promotions here in the States before going to NXT. And that was why she was massively over in NXT and eventually the main roster, unfortunately, before WrestleMania 34. And that is why I hate to see when... People like Asuka have to do the job for people who have poor characters, lack of psychology, etc. Exactly. That's why I called it a burial. A burial? A burial of Asuka. Burial of Asuka. Number eight. Big E versus Apollo Crews. I'm 50-50 with this match mainly because... Well, it was a very violent match, and the finish was awesome. The other problem was they didn't use any drums in the match. <laughs> That's why, why, do you call, why would you call it a drum fight if you don't use drums? Because, didn't you hear Michael Cole? He said a drum fight isn't about drums. It's about dominance of the uh, African tribe. Then that contradicts the purpose of having drums to begin with. There was drums around the ring. Yeah, but they didn't use it, and I wanted to see somebody have a drum to their face. Did you like, uh, what's his name? As the, um, com- his comeback? What's his name came back? As, uh, he's repackaged as Colonel. Cur- uh, cur- yeah. Well, Dabakato. Dabakato. I think is a very good addition to the main roster. And I hope he uh, yeah, crafts his. I hope he crafts his uh, style well in the main roster. He's gonna be fun on SmackDown. You think we're gonna see Dabakato versus Roman Reigns or Dabakato versus Almost? No, Almost is on Raw. You sure? Yeah. Uh, all, right, all right. Well, what about Dabakato versus Braun Strowman? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good match. No, no, no. Braun Strowman's on Raw. What's with these people on Raw? <laughs> This is why I hate pro wrestling. We can see Dabakato versus Edge. I think Edge is on SmackDown. <laughs> Imagine Dabakato trying to sell for Edge. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> number seven. Well, who won that big? Uh, Apollo Crews got the win. Yeah, because of Dabakato's interference. Because of Dabakato's interference. Next up, we have Shane McMahon. Number, number seven. We have Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman in a steel cage. Uh, Ed Ray apparently didn't like this match. I was enjoying this match. I thought it was fine. I like when Braun Strowman ripped the damn uh, cage, the cell open, they pulled Shane McMahon back in, and then he threw Shane McMahon off the top to a nasty uh, backdrop off the damn cage. And then, um, yeah, that was. I mean, that was a cool spot. Yeah, but the problem with... Spots aside, the main problem with the match was it was boring from the beginning. The only reason why the match got good was because of that spot where Braun Strowman threw Shane off the top of the cage into the ring. And and ripping it off. Yeah, and ripping it off. Ripping the cage. But 
But if he was going to throw Shane off the cage and then come on down, why did he do the power slam? For when extra, the, extra def- defeat. Well, first of all, the logical, the logical way to do this was to slam him off the top rope or off the top of the cage, then pin him right there instead of throwing him off the top of the cage, coming on down, then giving the power slam. That was a waste of a finish. He didn't. He doesn't understand psychology yet. He's still green. Yeah, and <laughs> he doesn't understand the pen right there. He'll this is it. one of the few wrestlers that skipped NXT. Therefore, he didn't have any time to improve his work rate or try to develop his character in any sense. And of course, he's never been an independent, so he lacks psychology. Like I said, a lot of these yeah. wrestlers today lack psychology. Number uh, and yeah, Braun Strowman and winning that match. Number six. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. I don't know why you would consider it number six. I consider it number two. Yeah, probably. I don't know. You're right. Well, t- t- complain, complain later. <laughs> complain later. I have a. Maybe you're right. Maybe mine's a little, a little weird. Uh, but I'll go ahead and say this with a. It was a very good match. I mean, it was a very back and forth. The crowd was into it. And, of course, Cesaro, he is a master of in-ring psychology. Especially with that big swing. And the finish was awesome. Uh, my only problem is, uh, is that Seth Rollins needs to work a little harder in the match to make it more interesting. Um, my thing with this match is, was, is a, it was a solid grudge match. A lot of little flips, little a lot of cool reversals, but uh, I'm not a big Seth Rollins fan, and I think uh, I don't know. I just uh, I have it so low. I have lower than it should be because it was a little too like th- this. This is a match that should be standard. <laughs> should be a standard match, but you know, for for any time you turn on wrestling. Uh, but it was so good because I mean, look at all these other matches; they were so lacking. <laughs> it was so lacking. But uh, I'm I'm comparing it to the days of old. I don't know what to say. I don't know why it's so low on my list because I just don't like Seth Rollins. <laughs> I don't like Seth Rollins, and I don't find I don't understand the love for Cesaro. To be honest, uh, I think he's fine. I think he's fun mid Carter, but uh, I'm not interested in neither of these characters but they had a really good match so that's why they're that high <laughs> uh, uh, Cesaro got the win which we saw that's like one of the only babyface wins <laughs> one of the few babyface wins on uh, the Wrestlemania 37 uh, next up numbers uh, what was that five four three number five bad bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. I would probably place it on number four, but it was a very great match. Very great match. Bad Bunny. Because he is the first celebrity to take all of the bumps for a babyface tag team as opposed to Damian Priest. Oh, yeah. Bad Bunny was... Well, Damian Priest apparently was injured. You find I found out that Damian Priest was injured, and that's why he couldn't do... Damian Priest and John Morrison went into this match with injuries, and so that's why they didn't do as much. But what a hell of a way to camouflage those injuries to make Bad Bunny as badass as he could be, taking all those bumps, giving it back to Miz, 
and flying and all that other stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. But the highlight of the match was the Destroyer on the concrete. Yeah, Canadian Destroyer, oh my God, the Bunny Destroyer. The Bunny Destroyer. And I think Petey Williams would be saying, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was really surprising by Bad Bunny. A lot of people don't know who Bad Bunny is. Well, actually, a lot of people do. But older people like us, <laughs> old people don't know who Bad Bunny is. <laughs> but, uh, Bottom line, give Bad Bunny a contract. Give him a contract, Triple H. Let him go to NXT. How, yeah, make him. He's he's got the psychology. Don't get me wrong, but he needs to do a little more work. A little more work. Um, next up, number four, Sheamus versus Riddle. <laughs> You're not gonna like this, but that was the number one match I had. Your number one? Oh yeah, it was brutal. That was awesome, and that bo- the the bro kick whenever Riddle's doing a backflip. Oh my god, busting his face open! How can you top that? Honestly, because it was back and forth, it was stiff, stiff. it was exciting, and the finish was perfect. Okay, yeah, it, it was probably it was probably the best finish of the night. I'll say that it had the <laughs> the best finish of the night was Sheamus versus Riddle. Best finish uh, for me. Why why it was four? Was I felt, uh, I don't know why it's for. Just my feelings on it, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> I have no idea why I ranked this. It was the most electrifying match. Well, no. No, 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 no. I don't know if it was the most electrifying match. Maybe that's why I have it ranked as four. Because oh, it, it was on. really good. But wait, what, wait. I, I will retract that. I, I think it was the second most electrifying match behind Bad Bunny and the tag team, yeah. you know. Because, uh, I mean... I mean, did you hear? I mean, the fans weren't really getting into it, were they? That Sheamus versus Riddle match. Oh, they were crazy for it. They were. Hmm. Mm. I guess. Uh, anyways, it was a solid ending. Um, I just felt like uh, it was stiff. I don't know why. <laughs> don't ask me why I ranked this this way. This is just I ranked this based off feelings. I this is a liberal. Ra- <laughs> this is how a liberal would rank these. The WrestleMania 37. I'm not liberal, but I ranked it as a liberal. Uh, number three, and Edward's gonna disagree so hard, but this is my liberal pick for number three. I was trying to be liberal and not be a sexist asshole. Number three, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. I have as number three, the women's title match. Bianca Belair wins the title. I like the I like the um they they were being brutal. They had they had like they had they were being they were being pretty competitive with each other. Were they not? Yeah, they were very competitive. Big problem I had with the match aside from the obvious ending because I liked the ending. I like that the whip. Endi- the ending was apparently botched from what I understand because there was supposed to be a more exciting finish to the match. Mm. But it wasn't exciting. It was crazy. It was crazy. That whip, that the hair, the hair, like she got her side cut open by the damn hair. That how loud that was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was that was actually, despite the flaws in the match, I felt like that moment is going to be. That's that social media moment. That's that. That's that, the that's the viral. Moment. Well, no, that's the viral. Yeah, that's well, that's a big viral moment of where just that the sound hurt, the whip hurt around the world. Just how loud, how loud it was whenever she whipped 
Sasha Banks with that ponytail and it left a damn laceration on her side. How loud it was. That right there can be on loop. That was a picture-perfect moment uh, despite some um, some minor flaws with psychology on Bianca Belair's part, probably. Now, here's the reason why I had a major problem with the match. It wasn't just the finish and the controversial ending as... A lot of people, Michael claim as Michael claim uh, Michael Cole claimed to be, but Sasha was smiling after the match was over, which could be an indication that they're going to have a rematch and Sasha may get the belt back at some point. <laughs> but Bianca Belair, as good as she is athletically, strong wise, her character is incredibly dry. And I have a feeling that WWE is going to drop the ball on her during her title run. Uh, and then eventually the title is going to go back to Sasha Banks. Most likely. I can see it. They only did this for a feel-good moment, as you said. Yeah. Number two. And this probably could be number one if the finish was a little bit more exciting. But, I mean, I like this whole match. It's just... The finish was a tiny bit, tiny bit underwhelming. Number two, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. And I liked this match. I thought the beginning, I thought it was finally, it was, the pace was fine. It's probably one of the better match. This, this match probably should have main evented, to be honest. Uh, but that, the finish was a little lacking with the pass out finish. I realize why they did it. They make they, they had to keep Drew McIntyre strong for the rematch. And all kinds of stuff, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Bobby Lashley should have got the pin. He should have cuz I don't know. He Drew McIntyre is a little too big to for Bobby Lashley to do the whole more of the master lock thing where he's like throwing him around like a rag doll. So maybe he shouldn't have won with the hurt lock. Maybe maybe he should have won with a dominator, or maybe he should have won with a spear or something. I think I I just I feel like the ending could have been a little bit more special, and that's why uh, our issue, the ending should have ended with no finishers being used. You kind of like the kind of like the whole how awesome it was that uh, Randy Orton it was it Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Not a single finisher was hit, no RKO and no uh, um kick so i felt like uh i felt like bobby lashley could have used a different finisher and not his hurt lock to win the match that uh would have been better that way when you get the big rematch at backlash or now it's called wrestlemania backlash which is stupid (laughs) but but it is what it is what are your thoughts on that uh on that match oh i like the match but yeah, I have to agree that the hurt lock was not necessary. He should have just finished off McIntyre with either a spear or a dominator. McIntyre was not ready for the win, so the right guy won. No, yeah, the right guy won. It's just the way it happened, just like sort of the the booking around it was uh, sort of sloppy for the finish. But it had a slight, it had a nice build. There was good stuff in the match, and that's why it's number two for me. Number one. Number one, despite all the camera cuts, uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. This was my number three. Oh, yeah. Well, 
<laughs> and here are the reasons why it was my number three. Okay. Number one, Daniel Bryan was not needed because Edge looked like he could still go. Number two, constant interferences. And number three, the match itself didn't really make much sense because... Why did we need Daniel Bryan? <coughs> I mean, yeah, I love the finish. Don't get me wrong. I love the finish with the whole concerto and stuff yeah, like that. that However... If it was a one-on-one -on -one match, we could have seen Spear versus Spear right there with Roman winning. We've seen that. We've seen a double Spear. Yeah, but it didn't end in the finish. We saw a double Spear! Yeah. Unfortunately, it did not end in a finish, and that was the that was the main reason why that match was number three. Well, they needed Daniel Bryan to keep Edge distracted so that Roman Reigns could stay champion. Or else... If it was one versus if it was one v one, there was then. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there's still. They needed him to make a no DQ. <coughs> so you have Jey Uso for the interference, and then you also have just this extra distraction for Daniel Bryan, so that Edge has to concerto Daniel Bryan, wasting time with that, so that Edge can be concertoed by uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, but the constant interference they kind of brought it down. Because the the buildup was an edge win. But because they added Daniel Bryan, it's like, okay, this is not an edge win. This is a Roman Reigns win. You can't have Roman Reigns beat Edge one-on-one -on, -one, uh, on his first big match back. This is this huge match. WrestleMania main event, Edge returning to get his title back. I mean that's Edge winning has written it all over it. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns is just way too. He's he's just way too solid. He's just way too high right now as a heel, this heel champion, way too hot for him to uh, be booked like that. So he needed that extra person to give them an out of a reason why Edge might lose. Well, you have a point there because I said that if Edge won, I would have rioted. Exactly. Exactly. They booked themselves in a new corner. And so, because of that, they had to add Daniel Bryan. And from what I understand, Edge may end up going to Raw what would you think, down the road. What would you have thought had they added, instead of adding Daniel Bryan to this match, had it been Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, and Edge was in the... Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre match for a triple threat. Wouldn't have been as exciting. Oh, wouldn't have? Now, another problem that I forgot to bring up is that the crowd was booing everyone. They were booing Daniel Bryan. Of course, Roman Reigns deserved the boos, but they also booed Edge. They booed everybody. Why they booed everyone? Probably because of how messed up the booking was. <laughs> messed up booking. Good God. Now that yeah, that's why that match is number three. While I said Riddle versus Sheamus is number one. Okay, so so what was your so how would you have raked uh, these matches? So number one, you said was Riddle and Sheamus. You said mm -hmm. number two. Number two. Number two. I forgot what I said was number two. Look, look at the matches and tell me what number two was. Oh yeah, number two was uh. Oh, shoot, sorry. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Oh, yeah, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Number three, you said, was Bobby Lashley. 
versus Drew McIntyre? Or Roman Reigns versus Edward Dan Bryan? Roman Reigns and Edge and Daniel Bryan. Number four. Oh, that's a tough one. Probably... Probably Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Number five. Bad Bunny and uh, Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Number six. Uh, uh, that's a tough one. You, wh- Where's Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre at? Suppose it's number six. You motherfucker! You just forgot what you're doing! You asked me to list! Oh! That's it! Ed Ray, click, click. You just write the list. I wrote your name in the list, Ed Ray. First off, somebody that cannot rank, who cares? <laughs> what were your thoughts on that interview? Did you watch that? That was a good interview. What interview? Don't bullshit me. Was it at WrestleMania? Yes, it was. Which one was it? The after show in WrestleMania night one they, and night two. They they had after interviews. You watched it, damn it. No, when the main event was over, I turned off the TV. Well, guess what? There was an interview. Stone Cold Steve Austin interviewed Chris Jericho on WWE Network. When was this? After WrestleMania. It was a big thing. You didn't see that? No, I turned Bullshit. off the TV. Bullshit. I turned off the TV because Broken I Skull tired. Sessions, produced by WWE. Broken Skull Sessions, Stone Cold Steve Austin show for the WWE. Had Chris Jericho. I turned off the TV after WrestleMania. They talked about AEW too. And Chris Jericho said, Oh, we're not competition. Don't worry. Vince McMahon don't give a shit about us. He's letting me on your show. Now, but back then he was worried. Back then when he didn't know what it was the hell's going on, but after he seen the product to see how gay it was, he was like, Okay, I guess Pro wrestling in general is becoming gay. <laughs> I can't even watch AEW anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Omega's gay. <laughs> he kisses dudes on the PP. That's why he needs. They, that, that's why they got to get the belt off him and for a hetero. Who are they gonna give it to? They got to give it to somebody who's who. Strong. They all suck. Dean Ambrose sucks. Despite the fact that he carried the belt for quite a long time, maybe give it to Chris Jericho. He's the only fucking relevant person there. Probably now because MJF is not ready. MGF is fine. I, that's that's one, that's one that I like from there. He's a good heel. Uh, as far as AEW goes, I don't I don't think Cody Rhodes is a fucking draw. I think Cody Rhodes is a mid Carter. Yeah, he's already going downhill very fast. I, I mean, he's a storyteller and he can work, but he's not. A, AEW. We're gonna find out real quick. Is just a vacation spot for WWE wrestlers. It's for yeah, because they're not getting any talent from the independent like they should be. It's vacation spots for WWE wrestlers where it's where it's where WWE wrestlers can go and uh, go and um, blow blow off some steam, you know, get some creative ideas, juices flowing, you know. They can like, oh, Big Show's mad. Okay, it's okay, Big Show. You're mad. Go to AW. Have fun. And when you when you're done over there, you can come back and we can do something with you again. But uh, we got nothing for you. <laughs> that's what. That's what's going on, Christian. Christian, oh, just just go to AEW, blow off some steam. Well, here's the Christian. The Christian controversy is what slowly made me lose interest in AEW because why would you get somebody who's already past their prime 
into the business to make them work full-time matches. They said he's the best. He hasn't been the best since 2011. But they, but the workers at AEW said he's the best wor- wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch AEW tonight or not. <laughs> You're going to watch uh, no, NXT's Tuesdays now, huh? Yeah, and I don't watch that either. Oh, uh, don't wrestling. The only good show, the only good show anymore is SmackDown because of Roman Reigns. Ain't a lot. Of, there's a lot of things about SmackDown that are good. I don't care about anybody but Roman Reigns. Well, you just a hater. Roman is the only guy <laughs> that's worth just, drawing in viewers. Just last year on the last road to Potomania. You were talking so much shit about Roman Reigns, saying he's trash and sucks. Yeah, he was trash, and then he turned heel. <laughs> you, you're a fickle fan. You're one of these damn fickle ass fans. I bet you, if you were running WWE, there'd be a champion. There would be a new champion every damn week. There'd no. be a new champion every week if people like you run WWE. No, I no, I'd give it a chance to see how ticket sales go when people draw the gates. <laughs> and if they're very good at drawing the gate, they'll they'll probably have the belt for a couple of years until their character turns stale. If they're really good at drawing uh, gates, come here. Here's a map pencil and some paper. Draw me a gate. <laughs> Draw me a gate. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't know what drawing the gate is. <laughs> I can draw on a gate all day. How much money are you making off of it? What? <laughs> Whatever the person that owns the gate pays me to draw on it. <laughs> Obviously, this guy's drunk. Hey! That's just. That's just your opinion. And it's fine. Because all we have here are opinions and beer. We are a million simple beings.